How y'all doing this morning? We got too many Morgans in the sound booth back there because um, me and Michael was talking right before it, um, we got started. You'd have thought that we run a tow rope around the building from the way Donnie and Frank was describing this little bitty rope. That's nothing more than a trot line, is it, Mr. Richard? You know, I, I actually did think about getting a big rope out. We got one in the attic about that big, but I said that'd be a trip hazard. And so uh, I'm going to explain the rope in just a few minutes, but I want to clarify before I get started. The rope stops at the cross. Even though Steve Giles would like to think Apple is the end all be all, this is not part of the picture. If you're out there, it looks like it is, but it's not. But um, this morning, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark 12, Mark chapter 12, and Matthew 16. In Deuteronomy 6, Matthew 12, Mark 12, I'm sorry, Mark 12, Matthew 16, Deuteronomy 6. And we're back on our 2020 again, our second week into it. And today we're going to be talking about the soul. And, you know, I was talking to Mike this week and, man, I struggled this week. The soul is hard to describe, you know. Your heart you can describe and the ones we're going to be talking about the next couple of weeks. Are, but when you start talking about the soul, you know, the soul's a little bit harder to, um, to describe. I, and, and, you know, you know, I, I don't have a degree in Greek or, or Hebrew or any of that, but I did look... The, the definition for these words or the way the word was used in Greek, it was actually um, psych. And, um, and what it means in Greek is just a different aspect of an immaterial nature. So it's, it's what you don't see whenever you look at it in Greek. And um, in Hebrew, it's a word called nephesh. And, and it's a, basically the same thing. It's, it's something that you don't see, but it's the whole part of a human being. It's not... Um, it's not what you are, it's who you are. And so your soul is everything about you. Your soul is like your imprint on, on, uh, on your body, you know, and about who you are and everything. And so this morning, let's read again in, in Mark, Mark chapter um, 12, we'll start in verse 28. You're going to have these memorized before the five weeks is up. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that the teacher had given them a good answer. And he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbors yourself. There is no greater command than these. And then... Um, and then in Deuteronomy, whenever you read in Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. You know, when you read that again, you know, we read those last week, but when you look at them, it's important. Remember what I told you last week, but if you wasn't here, back in the, in the day, by way back, whenever the Old Testament was being written, they would literally recite that every day, every day. And so, you know, and, and I challenged last week, what would happen if we started reciting that? What if we started reading those verses every day? How much would it change us? You know, and today, whenever we look at it, you know, this is the second in it. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So what he's saying is, I want you to love me, not with just the thing. I want you to love you with everything. Love me with everything about yourself. You know, the one thing about the soul is the soul never, you know, when we die, we're going to go back to dust. 
But whenever your soul, your soul never dies. And, and uh, I didn't come up with this illustration, but Donnie's seen it. And I know Mike's seen it. A guy named Francis Chan. Y'all ever heard of Francis Chan? I love to read his books and, and watch all his videos and stuff. And he give this illustration. And, and this rope, this rope's 100 foot long. And so um, this rope, if you look, it goes all the way around, goes back behind those chairs, and it comes back up. And I intentionally ended it at the cross because I wanted us to be a visual that, that we're going into eternity, into heaven. But whenever Francis Chan was doing this and he was talking, and I thought it was such a good illustration. Right here, can you see this red tip? We're going to see who's got good eyes and who don't. It's got red tape on this. This is basically what I'm trying to show you this morning. This is our life. This is our beginning. This is our end. But if you look at the rope, where does the rope go? So the dust of our body, the, the, the part of our body, this is it. But our soul, it just goes and goes and goes. Now for us that are believers, it's in heaven. But if we're not believers... It's going to be in hell because that's your two choices. We're going to get that out and open right now. There's only two choices. Your soul's going to go to one of two places. It's either going to go to heaven or hell. And hell, it tells us in Scripture, is going to be torment and it's going to be miserable. And so, um, so when you look at that and you look at where your, 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 your soul's at, you know, your body, whenever I started looking at it, because I'm, I'm one that likes tangible, you know, I know that's a chair. I can look at that and see it's a chair. But when you stand outside and the wind's blowing, you can't see the wind. And I think that's what makes us a little bit nervous whenever it's 100 mile an hour winds because you can't see it, but it's doing a lot of damage, isn't it? And so, but, so I like tangible. And so whenever you look at the human body, each person is made up of 206 bones. That's called your skeleton. Is that right, Jocelyn? She was nodding. Some of us have a few less. Some of us might have a few more. I don't know. But 206. Whenever we're born, the average, you know, just is anywhere around two pounds, you know, is the, about the least. You know, there, there's babies that are smaller, but probably two pounds is your smallest. Up to 1,000 pounds. That's a big man because I'm 248. So you imagine 1,000 on top, you know, 1,000. That's a pretty good sized person. Every person has organs that provide for its nourishment and its maintenance, you know, the maintenance of keeping up. Your body's powered by a heart that's about the size of your fist that pumps through 60,000 miles of arteries, capillaries, and veins in your body. That's a lot. You think 60,000 miles. The person itself is driven by what's called an electrical system in your, or your nervous system. And it's driven by your brain. That's you know, just a mass of stuff that sends electrical impulses. And that's what gives you animation and your ability to think and reason. Some of us don't have the right pulses at times on this ability to reason. But we're not getting into that this morning. Average life expectancy of a person is about 70 years. So whenever you start looking at all that, you know, you can see it's easy to describe this. It's easy to describe a body, but when you get to the soul, it gets a little bit more complicated. You know, I run across this quote. It said, we spend billions of dollars as a society to look good on the outside while starving our souls on the inside. We invest in what is temporary and ignore what is internal. The greatest investment we can make is in our soul. You know, when you look at it, you know, think about it. Let's go back to the rope. 
We spend all our life on this little bit of red amount when we have all of this. So think about it. What are we investing in? What are we putting our time in? What are we putting our energy in? Are we putting it into this that's going to go back to dust? Because I can promise you out here about this far, nobody's going to know who Johnny Morgan is. Maybe they will. Nobody's going to know who Frank Mons is when we get to here. He wasn't even here last week. Nobody noticed, you know. But we put all of our time and energy into this when this really doesn't matter. You know, this don't matter when it's all said and done. We invest in the wrong things. And that's what we're talking about. You know, whenever you look at the soul, you know, when you start thinking about, well, how important is the soul? You know, in the Bible, Genesis 2, verse 7, who's doing a read through the Bible? We have some more of these sheets. If you read this this week, if you're reading through the Bible with us. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. Now, you know, there's a lot of things. And, and you know I love dogs. You know I love dogs. And I love all animals. Nothing else can say but us, that God breathed life into us and turned us into a living soul. A living soul. Think about that. Think about how cool it is that our bodies are here because he breathed life. He put his breath in us and turned us into a living soul. You know, if that don't shake you up, nothing will. Because we've got God himself is saying, I made you in my image. Again, if you started doing the Bible readings this week, it said that they made us in his image. And he breathed life and he made us a living soul. Again, it's important. But it's that part of that invisible man that we don't see that we get confused about at times. Because Jesus, I mean, God, he breathed into us. He turned us into a living soul. But um, think about this. In Matthew 10, 28, it says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body because they cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one that can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Think about that. You know, your soul can be destroyed. Me and Mike was talking this week um, about the soul because that's what I say. I was really trying to get ready for this and there's, you know, trying to look at it. You know, have you ever thought about your soul can be destroyed? I don't think that I've really thought about that until I, you know, real deep anyway, until I started looking. And in Proverbs 6.32, it says, The one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. He destroys his own soul. When we sin, we're destroying our soul. Think about that. The more we sin, the more we sin, the more we destroy our soul. We're destroying the one thing that's going to go on forever. But in Psalms 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. God himself, the one that breathed into you, the one that made your soul, is the very one that can restore our soul as we destroy it every day. Think about that. Why is it important 
Why is it important that we get into God's word? Why is it important that we read this? Why is it important that we build that relationship with him? Why is it important? Because he is the only one that can fix it. The one that created us is the only one that can fix it. But yet we don't do it. We don't do it. And he's telling us, he says, I want all of your soul. I want all of it. So for him to have all of it, he has to restore it, right? He has to refresh us. He has to get us to where we need, where we need to be. In Matthew 16, turn with me to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 24. It said, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Because we're going to go back. God's the only one that can, can fix our soul. He's the only one that can rebuild our soul. You know, whenever you start looking, Jesus is telling his followers, he said, you have to pick up this cross. You have to pick up your cross. You have to deny everything. He keeps going back to that theme. He wants us to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, all our strength, all our mind. He's telling us, I want you to pick my cross up. I want you to pick up the very thing that's going to kill me. And I want you to carry it every day. I want you to pick that cross up. I want you to deny yourselves. And follow me. And so when you start hearing these words, you know, you start thinking, you know, Brother Johnny, that's getting tough. Absolutely, it's tough. But is it worth it? Is your soul worth it? Is your eternity worth it? Think about that. Is your eternity worth you gaining or losing all of this? Because too many times we work our whole life for this. For what? To leave something to our kids? Maybe for our grandkids? So that we can sit around and, man, look at my house. Look at my yard. Look at my car. Look at my truck. Is this, this worth all of this? Think about it. But what's he tell us? He'll restore us. He'll restore us. But he says we have to be willing to do our part. We have to be willing to forfeit and deny and follow. But yet we don't do it. Why? Because we get too hung up on the here and now. Because it's not tangible. Like these bones and this skin. It's not tangible. Your body can be broken. It can be diseased. It can even be killed. Your body's going to return to dust. But your soul will never cease to exist. It will always exist. So when you think about your soul's your most valuable possession, right? But the problem is, we take good care of this... I mean, look at this. I put a lot of care into this. I got a lot of dukes and a lot of poppies. I got the employee discount last night at poppies. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But you know what? We put a lot into this. 
that we don't put into our soul. You know, when a body says, I'm hungry, we feed it. When it says, I'm thirsty, we drink. When it says, I'm hot, we put on a jacket. I mean, we, we get cooled off. If it says, I'm cold, we put on a jacket. If our body says we, that it hurts or we have pain, we fix it, don't we? But at the same time, we'll let our soul go for days, weeks, months, and years without caring for it. The one thing that matters, a lot of us neglect the worst. And I believe that believers neglect it just as much as non-believers. Because we'll get our cards stamped and we'll say, you know, I prayed that prayer and I'm going to heaven. And then we don't do no more. But that's not what he calls us. Because what's he call us? You know, we're going to keep going back. We're going to go back to Mark again. Because what's he tell us? He says, I want you to love me. I want you to love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind. I want you to love me with everything you got. So for you to love me with everything you got, then you got to take care of yourself. Self-care right here. I'd love to know how many millions and billions of trillions of dollars have been spent on self-care books. You know, you can go to Walmart and stand in a line at Walmart and pick up magazines that will tell you how to do everything to make yourself right, can't you? And you can even compare yourself to celebrities and say, look what they're doing. This is what you need to do. This is how I lost 15 pounds this week so I could put my bikini on. Now, thank goodness I'm not worried about that, Right? But this is the only book we need. This is the self-care. This is the book that's going to fix this, this, so that we have this with our Heavenly Father. Because I'm just going to tell you, I, I love this. I love being here on this earth. But I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't. And I don't have a death wish. But I'm not scared of it. But you know what? While I'm here, my God's called me to love him with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my mind, and to do it all my soul. And that's what I'm going to try to do. There's some days that I fail miserably. There's some days that I destroy my soul. But I know how to go back to verses like Psalms 23 where he tells me he's going to lead me by the still waters. He's going to get me in that calm place where he can restore my soul, where he can fix what I broke. But it don't just stop there. Because what happens whenever... You see an Amber Alert. You know what an Amber Alert is? Whenever a kid goes missing. Or even the new ones that they have the Silver Alerts where senior adults go missing. Whenever there's an Amber Alert, what happens? It is plastered all over social media. It is all over Facebook and Instagram. It's all everywhere. It's on the news. It's on flyers. It's on posters. People are calling. People are texting. There's teams of people that are trained to come help find kids. There's dogs that are trained to help find people. 
They'll bring helicopters out to start looking for people, right? They'll bring horses and start going through the woods looking for people, right? Why aren't we doing the same thing for souls? You don't never see a soul alert on, on social media, do you? You don't never walk in a store and see a poster up there saying, I'm worried about Donnie's soul. I'm worried about somebody's soul, do we? But we know that this is the one thing that matters. But yet we neglect it. And I'm not against amber alerts. I'm not against silver alerts. Hear me, so don't get upset with me. But I think that we need to be on high alert for people's souls. I think we need to be on high alert for our soul. We need to be on high alert for the people around us' souls. It ought to matter. You ought to lie awake at night and not be able to sleep for worrying about the people around us at times. But you know what? We don't. We don't. But that's why it's important. That's why it's important for Mike Fielding to be in the schools as much as he's in the schools because there's a lot of times, because I did it for 14, 15 years, that's the only Jesus that some of those kids see. Let's get real. For some of them, that's the only Jesus that those kids are going to see that they're going to get to bring home to their parents or their guardians. So why is it important? I don't want him in that office over there. I want him at Live Oak High School. I want him at Denham High School. I want him wherever that phone call rings and says, hey, we need you to come do a devotion. You run. You run and you go do it. You know, this week, it might not have been a big thing, but to me, it was a big thing whenever Katie Rue called and she said, Brother Johnny, I know it's 15 minutes, but can you be here in 15 minutes? Because I want you to come pray with these girls before they walk in this complex for the very first time. And we met at the gate and we prayed. And I know with the boys, I think, um, I just lost his name, Tommy. Shelby's, Tommy. Byers, Tommy Byers. I lost his last name, thank you. I know he prayed with the boys' baseball team. And I know this week, you know, the baseball coach texted me because I, I text with him all the time. And I've got to know him. I said, hey, I, whatever you need, I'm here. He texted me back. He said, I want you to start doing a devotion with the baseball team every week. I'm there. There. It's a priority. Mike went and had a great meeting Friday at Denham because I remember our footprint's getting bigger at Denham since Coach Beard's there. And the excitement that we have there. Because it's important. Our soul's important. Live Oak is about souls. We're not about these buildings, even though we're about to start doing remodels. But we're not about these builds. We're about souls. We're about taking it out there to the world and letting them see. And there's going to be opportunities coming up this year for that more than ever. Because I'm reforming the mission team. And they don't know yet, but they got a lot of work coming up. So that we can find those opportunities to go to people and share. Because the soul's what's important. Because we want to tell people, you know something? You're investing in this, but when this is important, this is what we want to teach you. This is what Live Oak Baptist is about. That's what being a follower of God's about, because right here is the answers. Right here is the answers. I was talking to a minister friend this week, and um, he had a good idea, and, I, and it hurt my feelings that I didn't think about that before. But like he does, when he does a wedding, he goes and buys a brand new Bible. And he marks that Bible up. And then he, that's the Bible he uses when he's doing that wedding. 
And at the end of that wedding, he hands it to the husband. He said, here's your guide. Here's your guide. It was like, why didn't I think about that? I feel dumb. You know? But you know what? I've got weddings coming up this year. They're going to get a Bible. I think that's an incredible idea. Because what better can way can you start a marriage than with right here? But you know today, today, you, nobody else, you're sitting in this room today. So don't worry about nobody else right there in your chair. Today, you need to be sure of your relationship with God. Because I failed you as your pastor. If I don't remind you of that, where are you at with your relationship with God? Have you ever asked him to become your Lord and Savior? Have you ever said, God, I need to worry about my soul right now. God, I need you to forgive me. God, I need you to become the Lord of my life. God, I need to start that relationship with you that's going to take me on this journey for eternity. And if you haven't, then today's that day. Some of us need to redirect our energies off body care and redirect on the soul care. So where are you at today?